0: Nick, uh, in normal times, uh, you would be just busy as could be right now with salsa on the square, the Thursday happenings on Fountain Square that have been going on for quite a few years right now. That, of course, has been put on hold. How close were you? Did you have all uh, summer of 2020 mapped out? And, I mean, did all your work go to waste?
1: No, the work did not go to waste. We are definitely ready as far as the series being programmed. But yeah, we were very, very close. We were just waiting to kind of figure out what was happening in general, like everybody else, and when we were allowed to do something. But uh, we were ready to go. It was year number 13 for us, season number 13. But uh, yeah, my job was done. My job of programming Square it was ready to go, and everybody was excited and ready to make it happen if we could make it happen.
0: So is Fountain Square a ghost town these days or was anything going on?
1: There are some things that are starting to kind of bubble up a little bit down there. Um, There is some offerings in the evenings um, around 5 to 8. There is some light music and some special things happening on the square, which includes Thursdays to come down and kind of check out some Latin music, little duos and things like that that are happening down there. Try to kind of keep the spirit alive down there.
0: Well, with all the uh, acts that you have booked over the 13 years for Salsa on the Square, I, I know you have been close with a lot of these folks. I bet you miss them, don't you?
1: I do. I mean, Salsa on the Square, is definitely I've said this many times in the show, but it is a big family in lots of ways. And I mean, not just with you know, my fellow musicians and friends, but also just the fans that come out. And it is a strange feeling to not have that. I think that in some ways, like our bodies remember and our minds remember chapters or like... Periods of time in a year and you know for all those years for 13 years you know we're kind of programmed in some way to at least expect self square happening and expect to be seeing these people that are very close to you mm-hmm. during that time and uh yeah it's been challenging for sure and i've been trying to keep in touch with a lot of the musicians and things and just try to keep that friendship open and there. And, you know, everyone, of course, is understandably disappointed, but under, but also understanding of the situation. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a loss, and I miss everybody a lot. But, you know, we'll be coming back. As soon as we can come back, we'll be back, and, and the family will be back together again.
0: And the extended family, too, I would imagine. The uh, crowds had grown and grown and grown over the years. I bet you miss those uh, smiling faces, too.
1: I do. I do. I mean, it really does... It feels like a family down there, and you're so used to seeing these people and, and also the kids growing up and kind of seeing what they're up to. And, and I, I know that the fans are always eager, and, and all these people have kind of become all of our friends. And, yeah, it's uh, we definitely miss them for sure.
0: We're catching up with Nick Redino, and Nick has been programming the music for Salsa on the Square for these well, more than a decade, 13 years or so. And if you know Nick, you know he's a multi-instrumentalist, especially with stringed instruments, and he plays an instrument out of Puerto Rico, a native of Puerto Rico, called the cuatro. Tell us about that and uh, what you've been doing with it.
1: So, um, Puerto Rican cuatro. So it's it's a 10-string instrument. It's five doubles. It kind of looks like a mandolin, kind of, but it's a, a folkloric instrument for to, to Puerto Rico. I've been playing it for many, many years, back to the, to the days of playing the Pailando Desnudo here in the city. And it's always kind of been really close to my heart. I've always brought it with me on the road, even if if I wasn't playing music. (laughs) It's always with me. I've taken it all over the place. So this year, someone really close to me inspired me and challenged me to kind of record a small little EP or something of some things just featuring this instrument. And in all honesty, I wasn't super confident about it. I didn't know what I was going to do what I was going to write. And um, deadline after deadline, I um, was set, and I kept missing it and missing it. And I just wasn't in spot there. And kind of the last straw was, you know, I had one more deadline to hit, and I didn't hit it. And I asked this person for just one more chance. And I was granted one more chance one more week, basically. And I just sat down and just started really working through it. And the wonderful thing is that happened in April. so We were already in the pandemic, and we were all locked at home. And I just started reaching out to friends, musicians I haven't played with in a long time. And that's where kind of the magic started to happen. I reached out to a good friend of mine, Adam Schovann, bass player here in Cincinnati. He kind of started inspiring me and helping me with some of the writing. Paul Patterson played a wonderful string part. Sylvia Mitchell added a very unique harmonica. Mega talented Oscar Salamanca. He played a bunch of Latin percussion and also baby bass. Uh, Dan Barger played some flute. And then the incredible Hunter Tones, a great Ohio-born horn section, played on one of the Latin strings on this too. And then Dan Dorf came on board and played drum set. Michael Ronstadt played cello. Christian Gill, a local celebrity chef, did some singing on this. So it's been a really, really wonderful project to kind of bring these people together into my life. Some of the people that I toured with with OAR um, also played on. It It was all remote, and I just kind of recorded my stuff on my couch and kind of put it all together. So it was really an inspiring thing, and I'm really grateful the challenge that I was given to do this, because if it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have been able to believe in it and do it.
0: So they all recorded their parts away and sent you the parts?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we all did it completely re- remotely, with one exception. My good friend Charlie Schweitzer, a percussionist here in Cincinnati, I did go visit him, all masked up with gloves on. Mm-hmm. He was painting a barn, and he had to play some Tambali parts for it in one of the Latin tunes that they did on the record. And... I have some video of it, but I'm basically recording him. We're both in masks, you know, him playing tin in the barn. But uh, everybody else was remote. You, everybody else just sent it in. And my deadline was super tight, and everyone just kind of stepped up and did what they did. I'm the really fir- proud of it.
0: Was that the first time you'd ever done a project like that with all these remote parts? Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. I've done recordings for people. You know, people have asked me to do parts and send them in, but not in this way because the only thing I played on this record was guitar and quattro so I did not play other instruments like any percussion or anything like that I just let that up to people that are more talented than me in my life so I just sat on my couch and recorded those parts and everything else was just from everybody else's couches Interesting Yeah
0: Very interesting Nick Rodina is who we're talking to and and, uh, Nick there is a uh, book on the way about the Cincinnati Latin music scene can you tell us about that?
1: Yes so this is in the works for man, probably almost eight or nine years. There's a local writer, photographer, musician, poet, Victor Velez. He's been in the city a long time. He's a dear friend of mine and to many. We've played a million gigs together, but a super creative guy. And he's actually gone back and researched the Latin music scene. The heritage in Cincinnati goes back 30 years in the city. And he went back and found it all. Talked to all these people, (laughs) And documented this in his book, and he's laid out everything in order, tons of photos, tons of great history, flyers, and he includes the dancers and stuff that have been coming out forever supporting the scene, even the sound engineers and the staff and logistics and all those things. Over the years, he's just included all that, and it's a really great coffee book kind of thing to go back toward memory lane, but also see how rich the heritage is for Latin music here in Cincinnati, which... Most people don't really realize. I didn't realize how far it went back, honestly. So seeing this work is really impressive. So he's it done. He's just, uh, he hasn't released it yet, but it will be coming out soon. We've
0: been catching up with Nick Radina. Nick, always a great time talking with you, hanging with you, listening to your music. Thanks so much for joining us. And until we can do things in a, a normal sort of way, I wish you the best of luck.
1: Thank you. Uh, Brian, I want to say one thing. Oh, yeah. To about around Cincinnati. and Lee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I just wanted to say a quick thank you and some gratitude towards Lee Hay, who's been producing this show around Cincinnati for so long, and and also you, Brian. Both of your support for me and just what I do and for the scene that I represent and the projects I've been involved with for over the years has been tremendous. And around Cincinnati, the show has been so important to the city, and Lee is always pushing to inform people of what's going on and her work is just, it's been incredible and I'm sorry I'm sad to see the show go but I'm so grateful that it happened and I'm so grateful for both Lee and you, Brian, for all of your help to the city and also to me
0: Well Nick, thanks so much You're welcome And for Around Cincinnati, I'm Brian O'Neill